Welcome back to another episode of the Hecklers and Hot Takes Podcast. This is your host, Brian Clinton. I'm here with Colton Rector today, and we are talking week four recap. What a weekend it was, and we've got to start first and foremost. Oklahoma goes down in Norman. Kansas State comes in, wins its third game against the Sooners in four tries. This was a rough one for Sooner fans, and, uh, you know, we really just got to start. What happened with the defense? It was fantastic for three weeks and then this i mean what what do you what did you see um so i went to the game last night um thinking obviously based on the last podcast that i think i thought we had the spread i thought everything looked good you know talking about the discipline and you know the physicality of brent venable's defense and just the team as a whole um and i you know i expected for Kansas State to come out and, and kind of punch us in the mouth, similar to how other teams have. Let it take a drive, two, three, four at most to figure things out and get things going. Kansas State had a good defense coming in, but we never got it figured out, man. It was it was uh, defensively, since you're asking about that, um, the offense wasn't giving us much of a break on defense, first and foremost. Um, a lot of three and outs on offense that put the defense right back on the field. But lack of discipline, lack of discipline. Uh, a lot of arm tackles in the backfield, arm tackles everywhere. Tackling was atrocious. Um, you put it this way earlier, but greedy eyes, just getting undisciplined and, and fundamentals with linebacker play just all the way around. We just couldn't do it. We had designated quarterback spies, couldn't stop Adrian Martinez running, couldn't stop Deuce Vaughn running, and then – you know, whenever we would sit there and stack the box, they'd throw it over the top of us. It just, just bad defense. It was, it was speed D all over again is what it looked like legitimately. Alex Grinch, speed D. Kansas State piled up 509 offensive yards against the Sooners last night. Up to this point, Oklahoma had only given up 30 points the entire season. They give up 41 uh, in a single in a single night to Colin Klein's offense there, and and really. I just have to wonder at this point, does Kansas State have Oklahoma's number? Oklahoma's won 29 of its last 31 home games. Both of those losses were to Kansas State. Oklahoma's 12-3 and in their last 15 Big 12 openers. All three of those losses are to Kansas State. There is something about this program that just – history repeats itself. It always has. It does in sports. That's just part of it. And for some reason, Kansas State – just has Oklahoma's number. It's the purple, man. It's the purple poison, I'm telling you. Um, just really, I, I have to say this because I'm, I'm a little disappointed um, in our fan base, in Oklahoma's fan base. Um, it was really disappointing to, to get into some of the message boards and, and get on Twitter and see some of the things that, Fans felt necessary to say last night uh, following the game. The, fir- the first thing I want to address is the guys that are saying that Dylan Gabriel needs needs to sit. He needs to go. Um, you know that he was the issue last night. While he missed some throws, I will say that he did miss some throws. Dylan Gabriel is completing sixty six percent of his passes. He's thrown for eleven touchdowns and no interceptions. He has yet to put the ball into harm's way. And I mean, last night alone, he was. 26 of 39, 330 yards through the air and four touchdowns. Yes, that he's not he's not the issue. That's, That's just not, through the air. Yes. Yeah. He 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 was 
he definitely had some some plays where he extended plays and made made some plays with his legs. Hey, Dylan Gabriel's not the and I, I'll even go this far to say that the the offensive line outside of the outside of the penalties that we had, it seemed like every time we crossed midfield, the offensive line played well last night. The holes yes. in the running game were massive. The pass protection was good. That's a good defensive line for Kansas State. And Oklahoma's offensive line seemed to hold up well. The problem is you cannot kill yourself with penalties. And and Oklahoma did that. That has shown up in every home game this season. The only clean game they've had uh, on along the uh, offensive front has been against Nebraska. I don't know what it is. I don't know if this team's just full of road warriors or something, but there, there is something going on. They need to get it figured out. And you, you can't – Kansas State – will always be the team that capitalizes on your mistakes. And if you make mistakes, they're good enough to beat you. If you play a clean game, I said this earlier, Kansas State has lived and breathed beating people when they make mistakes. I think the biggest thing that fans are probably pissed off about when it comes to Dylan Gabriel right now is they see the stats that he put up, like I said, 26 to 39, 330 yards with four touchdowns. But those passes that were missed were big plays right. that would have been potentially difference makers in the game that sure. quarterbacks like Dylan Gabriel should make. It's not right. some, it's not a pass that he should make. It was those crucial throws that he seemed to miss, and that's I think what everyone is so upset about. Really, legitimately. Yeah. Well, and that's understandable. But I think the issue is. Oklahoma has become spoiled. The fan base has oh, become spoiled. Absolutely. I think we are under this impression that Baker Mayfield's and Kyler Murray's grow on trees, and they don't. That's it. I mean, it just at the end of the day, those guys are first round picks. They're Heisman winners, and you're comparing this kid to those guys. And whether that's fair or not, that's just the, that's how it is, and that, that's what's going on right now. It's hard. Um, it's not really something that. You obviously want to deal with in your in your season or your Big Twelve opener rather, but uh, Oklahoma's got to move on from this and figure out a way to rally. They have to head down to Fort Worth and play a undefeated TCU team this week. So um, no no easy games on the on the schedule remaining for Oklahoma, and uh, this is going to be something that they're going to have to build from. How they react from this game, how they respond to this game, is going to be what defines their season. And uh, right. you heard Venable say that after the game last night. So it'll be interesting to see how Oklahoma does this week against the Horned Frogs down in Fort Worth. Uh, Texas also goes down in their opener this week. They lose in overtime to Texas A&M. If you didn't watch that game – or sorry, Texas Tech. I apologize there. If you didn't watch that game, uh, Texas uh, goes down the field right at the end of the game, less than 20 seconds left. They throw a couple of long passes. They hit a long field goal, 47 yards, tie it up. First play of overtime, Bijan Robinson fumbles the football, and Texas Tech's able to capitalize, get a field goal in, win the game 37-34. Texas is out of the national title conversation. Um, can't lose two games in September and expect to be that. Um, I don't expect them to go quietly. I, I kind of still feel that they have some left in the tank. I think when Quinn Ewers gets back under center, uh, there will certainly be a lift up for them, but, but – both Oklahoma and Texas go down in their in their Big Twelve openers. Not a good look for uh, the SEC there. So uh, Kansas, Kansas remains undefeated, four and zero. They do not they do not break the top twenty five. They are number twenty six. They are receiving one hundred and twenty five votes. They are just so close 
Um, they will host Iowa State this week in what should be a good game. Um, and then speaking of Iowa State, Baylor goes up to Ames, gets a win, and takes down the Cyclones as an underdog there. Baylor certainly looked the part defensively. I think I saw enough from Blake Shapin yesterday that I'm starting to feel a little bit better about their passing game there. Obviously, Baylor wants to run the football, so that'll be something to look for um, as far as you know things going forward in the Big 12. Uh, was there anything in Big 12 play outside of Oklahoma, obviously, yesterday that uh, that stuck out to you? And, and it could, you could obviously it could be West Virginia, obviously, on Thursday as well. But anything in Big 12 play that you saw that really just that stuck out to you? Um, I'm going to go with TCU on this one. Um, you know, we talked about last week how TCU really hadn't played anybody. They had a week three bye, um, so super early bye for them, and you you didn't really know what to expect from TCU. So go on and playing, you know, a rival of theirs in SMU, and you know, coming out of that with a win, you know, what is that a but eight point win ish? Mm-hmm. Yeah, eight points. Um. I think that was I think that was telling of what this TCU team is. I don't think SMU are world beaters by any means, but I think that you know that was a quality opponent that we we're able to finally see what TCU is made of, what they're able to you know deal with with adversity, um, offensively, defensively, all the way around. I think TCU has proven that they are a contender, um, legitimate contender with OU and Texas going down uh, for the Big Twelve championship this year. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think I'm really seeing from the Big 12 that there's not a cupcake team. And with Kansas elevating to the point that it's playing at right now, yep. any team on any given week could beat anybody in this league. It's it's very competitive. And, and I will say <laughs> this is probably the most competitive that the Big 12 has been from top to bottom since 2009. Maybe, yeah, I mean, maybe ever. The, yeah, confer- sure. the conference has only been around – since 95, 96, and I, I can't remember a time when there wasn't a doormat. And, now you know, it's still early. We're only four weeks into the season. We could see yeah, somebody fall off, but but Baylor's at this good. point. Iowa State has proven to be good. TCU is good. Kansas is good. I mean, yeah, every, we don't really have a doormat this year. That's a good point. It's going to be a really, really fun season. Um, you know, probably going to probably gonna see a few upsets that, that uh, you're not really expecting it, but – like I said, oh, you saw one yesterday. You saw two yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Uh, elsewhere around the country, number ten Arkansas falls. They lose to the Texas A and M Aggies down in Jerry's world. Florida uh, falls to Tennessee in, in a classic rivalry game. There, Wake Forest could get it done against Clemson. Very close there, but couldn't get it done. Obviously, we talked about Texas falling. Number twenty five Miami. I want to sit. I want to sit here for a second, just just for a little bit. Miami coming into this game, huge favorite. Uh, I, I don't. I honestly, I don't even remember what the spread was. I, I think it was, it was plus twenty. It was three touchdowns at least. I think it sat somewhere around twenty five points, twenty four points, somewhere in that area. Middle Tennessee comes out and hangs five hundred and seven yards offense. They force three turnovers from Miami, and. They score on long ball after long ball after long ball. I mean, it was it was an absolute air raid from Middle Tennessee. They win 45-31. <laughs> the Hurricanes are not back. That was rough. That was I don't know if, if you got to catch any of this game at all. 
Miami looked like Middle Tennessee, and Middle Tennessee looked like Miami in this game. I mean, it looked it looked like one team was much better than the other, and it wasn't the Hurricane. Yeah, I remember I was driving to Norman yesterday um, and was talking to you. We were talking about the Kansas game. Um, I was able to sit and watch that one um, kind of nonchalantly on YouTube TV while we were driving, but did not get to watch the Miami game. But I, like I said, you were giving me updates on it, and yeah, it, it sounded exactly like what you're talking about, exactly like the roles were reversed. Miami almost walked into that game thinking, we got this in the bag. We're Miami. We're doing great this year, so on and so forth. And that that cockiness got to them. Yep. Let's talk Big 12 power rankings. Um, uh, this is going to look a lot different for me than it did last week. Uh, I, believe that I, I believe I went first last week, so I'll let you open up. Uh, let's go. Let's go one at a time here. I'll let you go number okay. one, and then I'll go number one. Okay. Who do you have? Who do you have at the top right now? Right now, with with the shakeup in the Big Twelve this week, I have Oklahoma State sitting at number one. Um, yes, they were on a bye this week and didn't play anybody, but um, they've been the most consistent team so far, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree, and that, and that's where I have. I think this is a good week to be on a bye. There was a lot of weird yes. stuff going on in college football. Yes. A lot of missed kicks, a lot of uh, issues with special teams. Definitely one of those weekends, and uh, it was a good weekend to be on a bye. I've got Baylor at number two at this point in time. Um, they they rise quite a bit for me. Uh, I, I just really like what I saw from them on the road, and and I think their loss to BYU, while you know obviously that doesn't look as good after what Oregon did to the to the Cougs, I still think that that's a good if there is such thing, a good loss uh, for, for Baylor with it being on the road. And, and I have them at number two for the time being. I currently have Kansas sitting at number two. I think they've been the second most consistent team to me. Um, just all three aspects of play. Um, they let Duke hang around in that game and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a blowout, but you know, there were a couple of things that Kansas needs to work on obviously, but I think Kansas is the, is the, um, number two team in the Big 12 to me right now. Who do you have at three? Three, I've got Kansas State. Um, I think the Tulane loss was, I don't want to say a fluke, because Tulane was clearly the better the better team um, that game, but they clearly turned things around. They had you know probably a butt chewing in practice this week and were saying, look, if we keep playing like this, you know, Oklahoma's going to destroy us. Texas, you know, everyone in the Big 12 is going to be the doormat this year, and and they didn't let that happen. They came in strong against Oklahoma, punched them in the mouth, and just kept boxing. They they allowed five, over 500 yards of offense defensively um, against Oklahoma, but they came in to a loud environment, I will admit. Uh, Oklahoma's fans were out and loud, and this, they, they didn't back down. So I think maybe that that was their that was their O game against Tulane. That was their get-right game, and, and their, their bounce back with a vengeance. Yeah, I've got Kansas State at three as well, and really what it breaks down to for me is is if Adrian Martinez is the guy that we saw last night, yes. this team this team is good enough to compete in the Big Twelve for for a Big Twelve championship. If that is truly Absolutely. the if that's the guy that we see week in and week out, there's no reason why Kansas State can't be a competitor at the top of this league coming seasons in. I mean, he was Absolutely. he was fantastic with his legs. He was decisive with his arm. He didn't make mistakes. He was a good leader. I mean, from top to bottom, they looked good. And uh, Deuce Vaughn is the world's best distraction if you're going to feature your quarterback. And so um, that duo right now scares me 
Um, who do you have at four? Four, I've got um, Oklahoma. I've got Oklahoma falling from one to four for me. Um, I still think Oklahoma is a great team. I think we're young on you know multiple aspects of the ball, and we have a young coaching staff when it comes to their time at Oklahoma. Um, clearly, Purple Kansas is OU's kryptonite and has been for the last four or five years. But um, but yeah, I, I think there's I think like you said earlier about when we were when we were showcasing Oklahoma, I think that the way this team bounces back, the way this coaching staff bounces back, the way we react to this loss will be the telltale sign of what is to what is to what the future holds for this team. At number four for me, I've got the Kansas Jayhawks, and the only reason they're not higher is because I just don't know about who they've beaten at this point. I don't know how good Duke truly is. You know, Duke was 3-0 coming into the game. I want to give Jalen Daniels credit. He is the most electric player in college football at this point in time. I, I, I mean, agree. I, I would say that that he is in a he's in a group with Bryce Bryce Young from Alabama at this point, and oh. maybe CJ maybe CJ Stroud. Now, obviously, those guys have a lot better weapons around them. Um, and you know that will help sustain them for the season. But I think that Jalen Daniels does more for his team probably than anybody at this point in time does uh, for their team in the country. Who do you have at five? Five, I've got Baylor. Um, I had Baylor winning that game against Iowa State, and they proved me right. I thought that um, eventually, and it turned out to kind of be this game that you know. Um, they would start letting Blake Shapin rip the ball out a little bit, and he did. Three touchdowns worth for, what was it, um, 238 yards and three touchdowns. He went 19 for 26 against Iowa State. Um, so, yeah, I think I think when Blake Shapin is, is playing his best ball, similar to what you're saying about Adrian Martinez, um, if that's the Blake Shapin we see week in and week out, they allow him to throw the ball, he gets that comfortability with that offense, and then you get Dave Aranda's defense going. Um, they are going to be a Big 12 championship contender again this year um, after winning it last year. So um, I've got Baylor sitting at number five simply because I think right now those other teams are just better overall. But we, we will see what happens whenever those face-offs happen. I've got the Sooners at five. They fell from one to five for me. Um, and really what it boils down to is everything that we saw from Oklahoma last night was self-inflicted for the most part. I mean, there were things that, obviously, credit to Kansas State. They played an amazing game. They came in with a game plan. They executed it to perfection. They did really well, and they capitalized every time Oklahoma made a mistake. That is, I'm not taking anything away from them. They played a great game, but Oklahoma did not help itself out. There were several times where they were driving chunk play after chunk play. They crossed midfield, boom. Penalty, killer penalty on first down ruins everything that they've got going for them at that point in time. Kansas State's able to keep them out of field goal range, force a punt, you know, make them go for Ford on fourth down and, and keep them from converting there. I mean, it was it was it was rough to watch. And defensively, Oklahoma just looked lost all night long. They never got going tread wise, and that's why they're at five for me at this point in time. Who do you have at six? At number six, I've got Texas Tech. Um, I wasn't super high on Texas Tech this year, but going – I mean, granted, they were sitting at home, 
But having Texas come in um, with or without Quinn Ewers, I expect the Texas to win that game handily. Um, out athlete Texas Tech and just, you know, not really impose their will. I didn't expect a blowout, but I expected it for, for Texas to have control of that game throughout the course of the game, and that was not the case. Um, Texas Tech with a with an impressive win, in my opinion, and and that kind of changed my opinion in a little bit again, kind of like we said earlier. There is no there is no cupcake, there is no doormat on the schedule this year. Every team is beatable. And and Texas Tech proved that this week. Yeah, I've got the Red Raiders at six as well. I really like what Joey McGuire's doing there. I think that he's instilling some confidence in in Lubbock, and and that goes a long way, especially when you have a lot of teams bunched together where they're all pretty much right within the same area as far as skill goes right now at this point in time. It just it's hard to differentiate, and I like where Texas Tech is at. So I've got them at six. Um, who do you have at seven? Seven, I've got Texas. Um, I put them just below Texas Tech simply because of that head-to-head matchup this week. Um, I I still have Texas higher than the last three teams in the in the conference simply because I do think Quinn Ewers, while he was maybe able to play this last week, they were holding him out because they thought that they could beat Texas Tech without him, um, and they were trying to give him another week or two of healing. I expect to see Quinn Ewers this upcoming week, um, given the loss to Texas Tech. If he's able, I don't think they're going to push him. I don't think they're going to the, make it dangerous for Quinn Ewers if he's not 100%. But I do think we see Quinn Ewers this next week, and I think that Texas team starts to see um, a turnaround. Like you like you mentioned earlier, I think they're not going to go down easily. They're not going to go down without a fight. Um, and I don't know who Texas plays. Who do they have this week? Do you know? West Virginia. West Virginia. I think West Virginia will be a decent bounce back game for them, especially with potentially Quinn Ewers coming back. And that's going to get them ready um, to have the game of their lives that they always play against Oklahoma in two weeks. So uh, I've got Texas at number seven. What about you? I have, I've got Texas at seven as well. Um, I really do think that Ewers elevates them and I do think they're a better team when he's there. I just I remember saying in, going into halftime, they were up 24 to 14 on tech. And I remember the, having the thought, this team has finally figured out how to distance itself and to take care of the football and to play good defense. And I was like, you know, I was thinking to myself, this is a, this Texas team is a contender. I, I, I liked, I had them at two last week. I liked it. Well, they spoiled that. They got doubled up in the second half. They found a way to lose the game yet again, which they have done famously for the last decade. And I just don't know. I don't know how much longer I can hold on thinking that this team is just finally going to get over, over the hump. Like it just, you, you think it's going to happen and, and they find a way to lose. So um, I've got them at seven right now. And at eight, at eight, I've got TCU. And it's really weird to have TCU at eight and having them at three and zero. Colorado is probably the worst Power Five team in the country, and in the first half they didn't look particularly great against them. Granted, that's the first half of the season for them. You know, the first two quarters of the season they didn't look great. TCU looked really good offensively against SMU. They're putting up 46 points a game. I mean, this team is good. I just 
this is a big week for them, and this is a big week for Oklahoma. I expect this to be a hard-fought game, but I just don't know. I don't know what I like and don't like about TCU yet. I I mean, is Max Duggan the bona fide starter? Is are we going to see him? Start against Oklahoma, or are we going to see Chandler Morris come in? I just don't know enough about the Horn Frogs right now. This is not a slide at them. I, you know, I don't have anything against them. I just right now I have them at eight simply because I just don't know enough, and there's not a huge gap between one and eight for me. There's just not. No, I completely agree, hundred um, percent uh, with what you said. I just I haven't seen enough from Texas Tech yet with who they've played. How they've played to um, to warrant putting them any higher at this point. Again, like I like I opened the pod with, they did impress me. Um, I did pick them to win that game. Like I said last week, purely out of um, happenstance because they're they're a bigger, more athletic team in my opinion than SMU was. And again, they they proved me right. But compared to the other teams in the Big Twelve, I don't know that I would pick them to win against one through seven right now for me. Um, and, and like you said, this week will, this week will say a lot for them. If they come out and smack Oklahoma in the mouth at home, you know, yeah, go TCU, go horny toads, but it's gonna, it's, it is going to be a challenge for them given who they've played. They've got Colorado, Tarleton state and SMU on their, on their schedule for this season. Um, and yes, like you said, they're putting up 46 points a game, but I think similar to how Kansas State did Oklahoma, I think Oklahoma is going to take this week and be like, look, that was not us last week. You know, that was not this Oklahoma team. We are young at linebacker. We are young at a lot of the positions. This is a very green team when it comes to coaching staff, player cohesion. But I think Oklahoma is going to be able to come out and say, sorry, TCU, but we've got a statement to make. And and I, I hope TCU is up for the challenge, but we'll see. Who do you have at 9 and 10? 9 and 10, I think we're probably going to be about the same here, but I've got Iowa State and then West Virginia. Um, Iowa State, uh, that was their first loss um, this season, but just didn't look great to me. Uh, I think I think Hunter Deckers threw two interceptions, wasn't it? Or did he – was it just one? Anyway, uh, I think I just, he had two. I, no, I think he had two. I think you're right. Okay. Either way, um, I just I wasn't overly impressed. I didn't get to watch this game, but just looking at what, yeah, two interceptions. He went twenty three for thirty six, two hundred eighty four yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, obviously, losing that turnover battle is gonna gonna lose you the game almost every time, ninety nine percent of the time. Um, and as and as long as he's struggling with that, I don't see them doing so hot. West Virginia for me, impressive win for Virginia Tech, but if you sat and watched that game. That was bad football on both sides of the ball. Yep. Neither team looked spectacular by any means. Um, and, and with West Virginia's loss to Kansas, which kudos to Kansas, they're doing good this year. But um, I, I just, again, similar to TCU, I haven't seen enough from either of those two teams to warrant putting them higher. Yeah, I don't I don't really have anything else to add on that because I have Iowa State at nine and West Virginia at 10 as well. So um, I, I need I, – I really needed Iowa State to – come out and win this game for me to feel confident in them being a contender and they just couldn't get it done. And, and I needed to see that from them and, and I didn't. And Baylor, obviously, like I said, 
they move all the way up to two in my power rankings. I think they take care of business to names, and it, it was good for them. West Virginia, like you said, just bad football on both sides in that game. It was ugly, and, and West Virginia was less ugly. So that's 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 why they won the football game. That's why they won the football game. Absolutely. Correct. Like correct. All right. Uh, let's do an H&H six back here. Top six teams. You're welcome to give me who just missed out. Um, I'll go first on this one. I've got the Georgia Bulldogs at one still. Um, even though they, they let Kent State hang around a little bit there, I still think Georgia's the best team in the country. Ohio State's at number two for me. Um, I really like I really like the Buckeyes there, and uh, that, is that chair loud enough? Sorry, buddy. <laughs> oh, you're good. <laughs> uh, Iowa State at two for me. Um, I like Alabama at three. Michigan at four, just simply for the fact that I I don't really know who else to put there at this point. Clemson gets back to number five for me. I really liked what I saw out of the offense there. Um, DJ Uyagalele was was good and you know that's something more than we've said about him kind of in the past there so good for them USC at six and they were really close to losing to Corvallis but they got it taken care of and I I like the offense there it's just more of a placeholder for me uh just missing out I've got Tennessee at seven Oklahoma State at eight Kentucky at nine and NC State would be my 10th team at this point in time um, I think we're pretty close on these. Uh, I still have Georgia at number one as well. Yeah, they. I mean, this this was probably as close as um, any any non like conference game is going to be for Georgia against Kent State. Um, a lot more points than what I expected them to, but you know, every team has a down game. I don't. I didn't watch that game. Maybe they had backups in um, earlier than what you know people would think. I don't know. Again, didn't watch the game, but still have Georgia at number one. I still have Ohio State at number two. Um, Bama at number three, took care of Vandy, no problem. Um, I've got all meat chicken, Michigan at number four. Um, and then I've got Clemson at five, USC at six. Um, albeit, like you said, a close game against Oregon State. I thought if any team was going to beat um, USC early on this year, it would beat Oregon State. And they almost did, but Lincoln Riley's offense rolled right down the field and put points right back on the board. So, um, I was watching that game right after OU, the OU loss last night, and we were leaving Norman right as Oregon State had just went up uh, fourteen to seven. Um, and I, I knew there was, I think there was still four minutes left in the game. Like that's still a lot of time for yep. the Lincoln Riley offense. So knew that that would end up still being close. Obviously pulled it out. Um, the top two that finished out for me. Or the two two out of the top six for me were Kentucky and Tennessee, seven and eight respectively. Um, I didn't have nine and 10 put down, but I, I think those two teams, what, what Tennessee did with Florida, Florida still a good team, but I expect Tennessee to win that closer game that I expected it to be. Um, and then the fighting Mark Stoops is or just, that, that is what it is. So that's what I've got right there. In my top eight. Well, the parting shot here, you, you know how this works last, last week we, we started doing this, no explanation. I know we just did power rankings, but I'm asking you right now after the first week of Big 12 play, who are your two teams in the Big 12 championship game in Arlington come December 3rd? Oh, man. I'm going to go out and I've said this already just as a joke. 
But I'm going to say it here just because if it happens, the insane. Sorry, I'm giving you an explanation now. But I'm going to say Oklahoma and Kansas. I like it. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. I'm going to go... I'm going to go Oklahoma State and Kansas State. Thanks for making my pick sound like a homer pick. I'm not going to explain because I'm trying to adhere to my own rules. Yeah, I already failed at that. (laughs) But uh, anyways, that's going to do it for us this week. We will be back on Wednesday. We will have Joey alongside us, and we will give you a preview going into week five here. But – Thanks for listening in. Uh, Make sure to check us out on Wednesday, and we will talk to you next time.